So, I mean, you're kind of just going over how you kind of see that introversion, extroversion is uh, is um, fluid, that it can be changed over time, that it can be yes. shaped and molded by the environment. So just sum up everything that you said right there. And um, I like to go, I would like to go to the beginning where like, obviously you're a kid and um, you have these environmental factors that are shaping you as a person. So, I mean, we can start with the home, for example, right? You know, how does maybe having certain parents, right? You have parents from a different mm-hmm. socioeconomic background. You have parents, your parents might be different race, culture. So how does like their background, their cultural influence kind of affect you as a person and make you like an introvert, extrovert, all that kind of stuff? Like, have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I thought about that a lot. Um if literally everything influences the individual from the socioeconomic status to the cultural factors uh, to genetic also uh, epigenetic uh, activations of the genes and there's so uh, there's so much to talk about when we're talking about socioeconomic status and um, what is interesting that not uh, the socioeconomic status uh, we usually neglect uh, the socioeconomic status, uh, but it plays such a such a big role into every family because uh, and family dynamics. Because let's say how the parents behave is also uh, very influenced by the so- socioeconomic situation. Because if so, there are a lot of subjects that we can talk about here. So, is it like? The status, the social status, the the money factor, uh, the financial situation, uh, the beliefs surrounding money, uh, and also we have the past, I mean, passed on beliefs from the parents, parents, and there's, this is such a broad, like, such a, such a complicated situation, um, and also it depends on the generation, uh, the historic events that we have, like everything is, is such a, such an important factor. And, uh, if you can narrow it though, like, um, if you can narrow it though, like maybe someone who's poor versus middle-class versus rich, I mean, we just break it down three categories like that. I know there's in between and stuff, but how does each one then, you know, affect someone's personality trait with introversion versus extroversion? Like, do you think there's a correlation between someone being more poor and then introversion, extroversion, or do you think it's not really at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, as an example, in uh, rich people's uh, households, uh, I have noticed that they're much more confident. They're much more um, assertive. They they don't have that much stress when it comes to uh, the financial situation. And, you know, stress also plays a very important role in our lives and our our childhoods, um, because without that kind of stress, they they have much more time to socialize. And of course, every you know every family is different. Uh, just because someone is rich doesn't mean that you know uh, must be sociable. Uh, but also, what also uh, influences, uh, as an example, an individual from a rich a rich family is um, also the acquaintances like uh, they usually rich people uh, usually know like very powerful 
uh, people they have powerful connections and that also plays a very major part into you know the process of socialization and um there uh, their assertiveness their extroversion so that's why rich people look much more extroverted uh than if we compare with the someone who is much poor and so um what what else what i also talked about with uh, the person i interviewed um the person that i interviewed uh, is uh, 50 something years old and the purpose of the interview was to see the differences between as an example uh the older generations and our generations and we were talking about this this exact thing the situation uh between the you know the rich and the poor uh classes let's say uh and what she mentioned is that uh back in the day like in europe and if we're talking about yugoslavia uh as as a very important part of europe um a, a middle class existed and that also influenced a lot of people's mentality and mental health so and today like part of the reason why today uh today's uh, society is, is in such a crisis is because there is no middle class it's either you're extremely rich or extremely poor and that was a very interesting concept that also influences people's personalities and mental health and as an example back in the day if we talk to someone who is uh from let's say um workers class you know um they're not that rich but at the same time they're from the middle class they're not that poor um you'll see that there are not a lot of cases of you know extremely poor people if we're talking about this uh this uh, statistic this culture from europe and they are very extroverted people like even though they are more poor they're very extroverted. They love talking, uh, communicating, sharing experiences. And if we compare them like to people who are poor today, the, the different the difference is insane. Uh, I, I and I'm just like processing the same information that I'm sharing today because uh, that interview was very uh, insightful and in, also in that topic when we're talking about extroversion, introversion and, and the uh, societal, uh, and cultural and generational influences that we have and the generational trauma and all of that so we we have like a lot of it's it's very authentic to everybody that's what i also wanted to point out um uh, as an example uh to like today because we have a uh, huge crisis in every aspect uh the reason why mostly people are introverted is because they either weren't exposed enough to people or they have much like a lot of unsafe unsafety in their in their home so they they felt like if they reach out and they are vulnerable to people and if they depend on people that's dangerous so we have a lot of complex processes here that happen and uh, coping strategies that um, you know adapt and form uh, let's say especially in middle childhood um, when they start going to school they uh, start to social like we have also middle childhood is a very 
broad topic when it comes to extroversion and introversion because also there is a lot of um there are a lot of social factors like uh what i read about also was uh gender segregation that is also a very interesting uh concept uh you know in middle childhood just like how we did um girls play with more like uh with more feminine things like you know from um from what i read that doesn't have to be necessarily true to everyone and they play in groups with girls and boys uh play in groups with boys and so um also here uh we can we can see into the the uh kind of dynamics that happen in the boys groups and the girls groups uh and that also can be a very a big influence on how extroverted or introverted someone can be uh so as an example uh research also suggests that uh, when you if you're a girl and you play in a girls group as an example they're more uh, secretive they, they play in more uh let's say indoor like indoors and excluded places uh they're less um uh, they accept uh new members less and um they're more uh more excluded in a in a sense and of course there are always exceptions uh but uh that that as a as an information itself was very interesting uh as information itself and also uh boys as an example in boys groups they're they're proven to be like with what i'm talking about is all research they just researched uh groups um social groups in middle childhood um and boys as an example were they uh they are roaring outside they're more assertive they they love uh, a competition they love uh uh, playing outdoors more and uh, playing sports and I know that this sounds kind of stereotypical because it, that doesn't have to apply you know to every but what I wanted to uh, mention to put an emphasis on here is there's so many interesting things that we overlook in our childhood and how we were raised and the gender the generation there they just influence us in it's so complex. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And then, um, I'll say kind of returning back to, I guess you say the family structure. Um, how can, how can like a family's value system, for example, like, and also like, I guess, I guess, I guess you could say the virtues that they hold on to an example mm -hmm. would be courage, you know, confidence, um, love, all these kind of things. Um, how would you say yeah. that for affects introversion versus extroversion? Because like, if you have a hateful father or a hateful mother, you know, that can definitely that virtue of hate or it's not a virtue, but <laughs> I don't know what the word is. But hate, <laughs> for understand. example, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, they um, you know, it would affect someone's. I, I'd assume introversion or extroversion, how they kind of outgo or how they are. Yeah, when yeah, when we are children, uh, what is also interesting, we basically uh, we're like sponges. We completely, we learn from how our parents behave, you know, in many ways, not only what they tell us. Yes, it's true. We adopt their values and all of that. Uh, as an example, there's this interesting thing that I was hearing from, uh, if we're talking about uh, values of money, of kindness, of goodness, of um, 
we basically adapt the same values and if we don't become conscious of them uh, that's why uh, we as an example in my country we have this saying um she's just like her mother and that's like it's uh, 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 like mother, like daughter, like father, like son, you know, uh, we basically adapt the, the, literally the, the same personality traits. And here we, we're talking about earlier childhood. So when we start going to school, when we start socializing with other people, when we start seeing the world, getting exposed to the world more, we basically form our differences and we become conscious of some things and we change them we remain unconscious of some things but what remains the same is that we when we're let's say in the most earlier period of our childhood we basically become them in a sense um because they are the first models and that we learn from from who we learn about how how to do things how to go about life how to live because we need to adapt and so uh observational learning is one of our most um oldest and also uh most uh, advanced uh, cognitive uh, process so we as as children uh, parents don't have to explain everything to us we just learn them and that the same goes for personality traits and for, as an example, if we see our mother, uh, you know, being as a very communicative person and she, how she can handle every uncomfortable situation, how she can uh, communicate with anyone, how she can, you know, find her way to, let's say, get something that she wants through arguments, through uh, rhetoric uh, capabilities, uh, we, if you know if we are exposed to her doing that like often we start to basically learn that ourselves we observe it and the same goes for everything and when it comes to extroversion and introversion th this is also a very important moment to to pay attention to uh how much we are exposed to our parents and how much we know them also, we have a lot of cases where introverted people are much more, uh, they tend to withdraw because they, as an example, didn't have that, you know, uh, exposure to their parents. They Their parents weren't much um, present in their life, in their childhood. We have these uh, families where their parents work a lot. Uh, or the children are just um, lonely after school because their parents don't have the time or they can't make it home or uh, on time or they work overtime. So we have these cases of absence where uh, can be very dangerous because the child also needs to learn how to communicate. Uh, if the child doesn't communicate with the only two people uh, you know, or the group, the first social group that is the family, um, uh, and doesn't learn how to, you know, belong to that group, that also determines the how much introverted or extroverted the person will be. And a very interesting case of introverted people is the hikikomori in Japan. Um, hikikomori are a very, very hard case to solve in Japan because um, 
Japanese families tend to, you know, have this um, these beliefs uh, that, um, you know, you don't express your emotions. It, Japan is a very different topic, you know, because of uh, their different culture, their different beliefs, values. But uh, he Komori basically are so isolated and they isolate themselves so much that they don't don't go out of their homes for years. So imagine a person sitting in their room for years and they they don't don't go out to the world at all. And this is a very interesting case that I want to look into because you know as an example from the cases that I've read of Hikomori, uh their parents didn't approve of them at all. They 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 even disowned them because they they saw them as uh, incapable, as a failures. Like you, you know, they saw them as dysfunctional, but they didn't see, they didn't care about to look into what caused them to behave that way because that's a very, very extreme response of of introversion. That's that's a very. Um, it's a very extreme case uh so yeah we have uh also the uh, basically uh what i wanted to imply is that a parent the presence of the parents is also a very uh important factor that plays into how uh, introversion or extroversion and the levels you know um and basically that's how parents are the models that we learn from just to sum it up and every value that we adapt uh, is uh, most often the value from that we have seen and believe or believe that we have seen from our parents when we were little. That's why um, a lot of processes like Byron Katie's The Work uh, and a lot of processes involve, uh, you know, considering when you're working on changing your beliefs as an example these processes that are very famous that we use about changing our beliefs are uh are consisted of this uh retrospection to uh where where your belief comes from and what basically what what emotions also are associated with uh that belief and so um that makes a lot of sense obviously because uh our family is the first social group that we have and that's a very big um big uh factor that plays into uh our how we behave in our adult life and as an example i have uh seen a lot of successful rich people or, and people that i know that are very successful and also extroverted um, who basically they come from families where their parents were, you know, if not the, the other parent, the one parent at least was present with them. Um, they uh, constantly involved the child, the children to play with uh, other children to, they involved uh, other families uh, they they didn't neglect uh, the socializing part and the more you don't neglect that part the more sociable you'll become in the in the future and the same goes for your child the more you allow your child to uh social to 
you know, to involve itself with the world, the more social it will be. And also we have like factors like trauma and like, you know, when you're triggered and you suddenly withdraw, uh, emotionally unavailable people also are, are very interesting to look into when it comes to extroversion, introversion. There are, there are a lot of uh, emotionally, uh, you know, emotionally unavailable people who have this constant change of uh, of uh, extroversion to introversion and etc. and vice versa. Uh, they you can't uh, you can't put them in a group. It's like and it depends with whom. Uh, as an example, uh, I have witnessed uh, people who uh, are very extroverted, but suddenly there are moments when they're completely gone, and you feel like the connection is not there anymore. And they'll they'll get they'll be back again, and they start being extroverted, and then they're they withdraw again. And those are very very interesting cases. Uh, it, and that's why that's part of the the proof that I want to uh, point out about uh, introversion and extroversion. You can't uh, you can't divide them into categories. It's like you it's like you're extracting information. It, it, you're neglecting a lot of information. I also think I mean we talk about parents parenting and all that kind of stuff, right? And you kind of copying your parents. I also have cl very clear, vivid memories of like me. It's almost like you bend your will, like your willpower, like when you're young and you take your willpower and you kind of like give yourself completely to your parents like that and you trust them. And then um, I have clear memories, just my mind just being so open and expanded. And then I would give my willpower to them. And then, you know, it's kind of like it's obviously their job to kind of take care of you and guide your own will and intent and things like that to the in the right direction. Um, so I, I have clear memories of just like that, just being in open states like that. And then, um, yes. So then they mold you. It's like they take. Yeah, your they, they, they can tell you, like you that, a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Those um, are they, that can be a beautiful experience, especially when you're witnessing that with parents that you feel safe with. Uh, and that's absolutely true. You know, the the experience itself is real, and you know it happens energetically because um, your parents are the first people that you learn depend what dependence is and how to be interdependent uh with people because uh, you know when you grow up when you become an adult uh you need to know how to choose the right people to be interdependent with because we can't do everything alone you know we 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 as an example we form families we have children we have partners we have friends it's like we we do projects we we uh, have a lot of um goals that that we want to achieve and we need to involve people it's like we need to learn how to uh, be interdependent and that involves you know that early experience that you mentioned where you give your you know your power to someone to take care of you and that's a very important aspect that we all need to feel and it need, needs to feel healthy and safe it, it, I can't stress enough how how important that is because if you don't have that kind of a backbone, um, it it becomes a big detriment in your adult life because you become distrustful. You don't know who to trust. You constantly choose 
if you're not conscious, you know, uh, you constantly choose the people who uh, will prove you more and more that you can't depend on anyone. Uh, and in worse scenarios, a lot of bad things happen. You you break a leg, you you get a disease. It's like you you'll need someone to take care of you. And there are a lot of situations that involve that. And choosing the right people is a very important aspect um, of your life because your life is basically your connections. If, you know, we all think that success is a very important thing. It is. It is a very important thing to have a goal and to reach it. But I would say connections are much more important because you need that kind of a backbone where you give your energy, you give your, you know, your, your power to someone else to take care of you. And the same way we did it with our parents. And uh, we all do that uh, when we're children. We uh, like it or not, you know, we are born uh, without knowing how to walk, how to eat. We, we need to be dependent on our parents. It's like we can't do that on our, on our own. And this is why uh, a lot of trauma experts and uh, therapists and psychologists uh, put emphasis on, you know, how much, Im how important and how, uh, how should I say it, how much of a foundation your parents are as uh, mostly as when we're talking about the safety aspect and the connection with your parents. And uh, it's it's a it needs to be a, that has to be a beautiful uh, experience where you give your your uh, how should I say it your energy and your power to your parents and they actually you know they don't abuse it they take care of you uh, it's just that's such a beautiful safety to experience and it's very necessary for everyone without any exception that itself just uh, you know um defines your future literally um it defines you as a person in the future uh that experience is like an imprint of your goals your life you know uh, a lot of our goals that involve success are actually goals also associated with what kind of connections we want to have. You know, as an example, if you want to be a singer, uh, part of your reason why you want to be a singer is because you feel important and you want people to see your excellence, and that's normal. Or a lot of, uh, if, if we see a lot of comedians, as an example, they love to be the center of attention because they love being the clowns. You know, uh, they feel that kind of confidence, the um, kind of, uh, you know, assertiveness. They want to make you laugh. It's like that that's just, you know, it's normal. You want to feel important. You want to feel seen. And um, but also here comes the shadow part of that aspect. Uh, we all a lot of people love want to achieve success because they want to feel needed and important. And this comes from the lack of what I just talked about, the, the the lack of connection with your parents, the lack of communication, the lack of the absence, you know, they're, they're not that present in your life or um, 
abuse we have a lot of factors here that you know just like everything uh when we decide to do something everything has a shadow reason why and a light reason why and uh as an example why i love helping people uh is the light reason of that is because you know it makes me feel needed you know which comes from uh from a place of uh wanting to be accepted uh and the, my shadow reason used to be uh you know i neglected myself a lot and i i'm just giving myself as an example here uh i neglected myself a lot uh because in my family i was the one forced to be the psychologist and to solve all of their problems and so that was the, sh the shadow reason i uh because i was running away from myself i Put em always put emphasis on others and wanted to resolve other people's problems instead of resolve my own problems. And until now, that was my shadow reason. And then, you know, when you become conscious of that, uh, you, you decide what to do with that information. You know, uh, you, you know, when you become conscious of that shadow reason, it automatically changes because you have something to do about that. As an example, in my situation, uh, when I became aware that I solve other people's problems too much because I'm running away from myself, uh, my decision was to not run away from myself, to set a limit to how much I want to uh, help people as a psychologist and how much I want to help myself and set a boundary. And... Yeah, uh, this is what I was talking about. Um, uh, I wanted to share a lot of things about this topic when it comes to, you know, primary connections and uh, the dependence on our parents, how, mu uh, how much it's actually important and so on. So I hope I answered the question well. <laughs>